Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler speaks from the subject of Foolish Temptations. And now, here is Pastor John with today's message. Psalm 14 and verse 1. We should just about be able to recite it together now, shouldn't we? Psalm 14 and verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. You can go ahead and put that up. Let's read it together. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. The fool said in his heart, there is no God, they are corrupt, their actions are evil, and not one of them does good. Father, would you just bless and anoint the reading and the preaching and the teaching, the hearing and the doing of your word today. Lord, I pray that you would just be with us, that you would reveal truth in our lives. God, I pray that we would be stronger men and women of God as a result of what you say to us today through your word. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this is week four of a series that we're calling Profile of a Fool. The Profile of a Fool. The Bible has a lot to say about foolishness, and the foolishness that we get ourselves involved in as humans. And we've used this scripture, Psalm 14 and 1, as our foundational scripture. We are foolish when we deny the existence of God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Despite all the evidence that he has for himself, then then people still deny the existence of God. But perhaps more foolish are people who claim to know God, claim to believe in God, claim to be followers of Jesus, but we refuse to obey His Word, refuse to deny, we, we continue to deny the application of God's Word, in our lives. And so the first three messages have been foolish thoughts that we did on Easter, foolish thoughts, foolish tongues, and last week was foolish temperaments. Because, we, because foolishness starts in our minds, it moves, it gets exposed in our mouths, and then moves into full-blown foolishness in our actions and our attitudes and behaviors. So today I want to have a very honest conversation about one of the most influential areas of our lives and the temptations that we face regarding that area. Now, the church has remained silent on on this particular topic, I believe, for far too long. And and when we do address it, it, too often we sort of tiptoe around the fringes of it and we never really get down to to the, the, the real issue. But the Bible addresses it directly and clearly. And so today I want to look at the topic of sexual temptation in, in, in a message called Foolish Temptations. Foolish Temptations. There, there are two major reasons why I believe sexual temptation is a foolish temptation to fall for. And I'd like to, I'd like to dive into the Word and find out what those are because I believe this message can change lives. I believe it can save lives. And, so not, and, and that's not because I'm preaching it, but it's because it's the Word of God and because the Word is so clear about it, and because it's such a prevalent and pressing issue in our, uh, in our society today. So 
Here we go. Sexual temptation. The first thing, sexual temptation is foolish because every road has a destination. Sexual temptation is foolish because every road has a destination. Now, I want to look at Proverbs chapter 5, verses 21 through 23. Proverbs 5. Now, listen, can can I do this real quick? Um, It is distractingly warm to me. Philip, can you get some air circulating, please? And Ronnie, I think there's there's a line been left open, maybe a guitar line or something. If you don't mind muting that, thank you. Okay. You just have, sometimes you just have to call out the distractions so you can get rid of them, okay? This is a serious topic, and if, you, if, if we give you a reason to get distracted, you might take it. So I want, you, I want everybody to hear this clearly. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. For the Lord sees clearly what a man does. Ladies, you're not off the hook. That's mankind, so that's women too. He sees clearly what we do, examining, look closely at what this says, examining every path he takes. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch him and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost, look at this, because of his foolishness. His great foolishness. Now, the entire fifth chapter of Proverbs is about the foolishness of sexual temptation. This is the conclusion of the chapter, what we just read. And it makes it clear that God sees the choices that we make. And don't miss this, God sees the paths that we take. In the very last verse says, the person who falls for sexual temptation will be lost or will be destroyed because of his or her foolishness. Now what makes sexual temptation so foolish? And I think it's found in those verses. And this is is one one of the big reasons right here. Sexual temptation is not an event. It's not an event. It's a road. It's a path. It's a journey. Listen, it's a series of looks and glances and so-called chance encounters. It's a touch or an embrace that's held a little longer than normal. It's a comment that might be a little too pointed or a little too personal. It's a forwarded email or text message or a joke that crosses the line. It's a business dinner that didn't really just have to be the two of you. It's a project that really didn't have to be worked on after hours. You see, each one of these things taken individually as individual events could be dismissed or explained away. But when you plot them out on the timeline of our lives, it becomes clear that they're steps on a path. They're mile markers on a road. And everybody knows that every road has a destination. You're on the road to somewhere, and if you're honest about where the road's taking you, then if you're not honest about where the road's taking you, you're going to wind up at the end of the road and you're going to try to claim that you had no idea that one thing just led to another and without your knowledge or conscious choice that it just came out of the blue and surprised you. But the reality is you were on a road that ultimately led to the destination. The foolishness of sexual temptation is denying that you're on the road or denying that the destination is ahead for you. Either way, you're fooling yourself. And we'll show it to you in Proverbs chapter 2. 
I told you the other day as I was announcing this message, this is maybe the most frequently talked about topic in the book of Proverbs. That's why it's so important that we not skip it, we not miss it, just because it's uncomfortable. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 16 through 19. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. You're like, now why in the world is he always talking about promiscuous women? Because it's, a, it's, a, it's really a letter from, uh, from Solomon to his son. So that's why he keeps talking about the women, all right? She has abandoned her husband, ignores the covenant she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It's a road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. Listen, an affair with a married woman or a married man, because the principles are the same, or, or whether it's a married person or not, so teenagers, single people, so-called consenting adults, all of this applies to all of us. Sexual temptation is rarely just an event. It's a road. It's a path with a given destination. And you've got to make the decision not to get on the path. You have to be honest with yourself. Stop being naive. If you wait to make your decision when the emotions are high and when the hormones are raging, it's way too late. Protect yourself by making good decisions about where you're going, who else is going to be there, what are the plans, whether, and whether or not it's right or appropriate for you to be there with that person in the first place. There are some things that you just need to say, I'm not coming. Not only is the entire fifth chapter of Proverbs about sexual temptation, so is the entire seventh chapter of Proverbs. I'd encourage you to read it. it, it I, I want to point out some highlights here in just a few verses. So Proverbs 7, chapter, in, in verse 6 through 8, it says this, While I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular, I love this, who lacked common sense. This boy's dumb as a rock. He was crossing the street near the house. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman strolling down the path by her house. Look at verses 21 through 25, the end of the story. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once. I told you, Solomon's from southern Israel, like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce his heart. He was like a bird flying into the snare. Y'all seeing this word picture Solomon's throwing out for us? Little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Look, don't wander down her wayward path. You say, well, bless his little heart. This is just a sweet young man who was taken advantage of by a wily, more experienced woman. Yeah, but that's not the whole story. Did you, did you notice, did, did, did you notice the, the first part of Don't miss the first part of that. You know, why? How did she happen to run into him in the first place? He was walking in front of her house. He was in her neighborhood on purpose. This sweet little boy crossed the street to get there. 
He was was there because he was hoping to run into her. Not he, he he was on the road and he walked there and, and he walked there willingly. That's why he was that's why he's so foolish. He didn't get lost and sort of wind up. He went there on his own. Not just and maybe for the thrill of it, maybe he was never planning to go in, maybe he was never thinking he would see her, but he was secretly hoping he would. And he was foolish not just because he bought the pickup lines or not just because he fell for her brazen seduction, but but that he went looking for it in the first place. Sexual temptation is foolishness because most of the time it's the result of a path that you've been on for a while and that you got on intentionally. And it's easy to get on that road. It's easy. I know a lot of people who say, well, I would never cheat on my spouse or my girlfriend or my boyfriend I, I would never do that what they mean is from where they're standing right now they would never participate in the event of cheating or, or the culmination or the consummation of the cheating but where what they're forgetting is that there's a road between here and there and that they they might be able to resist the event because of how far away it is but if you don't make a choice to stay off the road if you don't keep checking yourself and make sure you're not on the road, then before you know it, you'll be face-to-face with more temptation than you know how to handle. And don't be foolish. Admit that you're susceptible to it. Admit that nobody is immune to sexual temptation. And that includes you. The Apostle Paul said, be careful when you think you stand. Why? Because you're about to fall. Because you're full of pride. You think everybody who's ever cheated intended to cheat before they did? You see, the temptation is just much more complicated than that. It's not about hating the person you're with. It's the deception that you can have it all. That you can stay happily married and still still do some flirting with some people on the side. Or that that you can have your family and have somebody else on the side. it's, It's a lie. It's foolishness. Every road leads to a destination. And anybody who thinks otherwise is just foolish. See, there are so many ways to be tempted. Physically, emotionally, sexually. Lots and lots of ways to get on the road. Don't act like it can't happen because the world is full of people who swore it would never happen to them. Surround yourself with people who will help you stay pure. Ask somebody to hold you accountable. Tell, tell somebody to tell you when you've crossed a line. To tell you when you've taken a step on the road. Somebody who'll rescue you when you're in a dangerous situation. I've got people in my life that have permission to speak into my life. Pastor Robbie's one of them. We spend a lot of time together. And so I've told him, you can tell me what you see. You can tell me if you see me straying, see me crossing a line. You say, why do you need somebody to help you? Because sometimes you can't see what's going on yourself. Sometimes you're so blinded by the attention or by the flattery or by the thrill of it that you don't see what path you're being led down. My wife is another one of those people. She has every right to say, I don't like the way she's looking at you. You need to keep your distance from her. And you know what I do? I keep my distance from her 
Why? Because wives have spidey senses. <laughs> I mean, you ladies, y'all recognize the game when you see it, don't you? You know. You know. Guys, don't discount it when the women in your life warn you about somebody. You're not going to see it when they see it. Because they're not looking at the same things in the same ways that you're looking at. They're usually right, and they usually know it way before you do. There's even times I'll go to Valerie and say, hey, something just seems a little off with this lady. Seems She just seems like a little too much. I'm just too funny. I'm just too spiritual. I'm just too whatever. Something's not right. Would you please come around when you see her? You say, John, y'all talk about that kind of stuff? Yes, we talk about that kind of stuff because we have the same goal. We want a solid, happy, fulfilling, faithful marriage till we die. And so we talk about that stuff. We watch out for each other. I have the same conversations with her about guys. But there's always opportunities to start down that road when there's no one else around to hold you accountable. We've got access to things on our televisions, our computers, our tablets, even our phones that will wreck your life. Pornography has become a national epidemic. The CDC is actually considering claiming it or naming it as a health crisis. And it is. It's almost as bad in the church as it is outside the church. There's almost no difference between men and women in the church and men and women outside the church. And it's not just men, it's women. And it's not just men and women, it's children. Not just high school students, children. You have to guard your heart and your mind and your eyes. You say, but it's just a picture, or it's just a movie, or it's just, it's just one time a month. It's really not a problem for me. That's just the access to the road. It might start there, but listen, it will not stop there. It's a road that leads to greater and greater obsession with it, and it won't stop until it wrecks your marriage or wrecks your life. You say, John, listen, calm down. I'm single. Can't wreck my marriage. I'm not, I don't have a marriage. It'll wreck the marriage you don't even have. I've added it to my premarital counseling sessions because if, if one or both of them are addicted to pornography, they need to postpone the wedding until they get it figured out. I feel that strongly about it. It's that destructive. Listen, hundreds of thousands of people divorce every year because of the pornography addiction that started years before, before they even met, has now ripped their marriage apart. Because that individual has spent thousands of hours watching fiction and fantasy. And then when, they, when they're with their real-life flesh-and-blood spouse, who turns out not to be a porn star and follow a script... They don't know what to do. Porn's not just a road, is not just a road, it's an interstate to destruction. Don't get on the road. Or if you're already there, take the next exit. Today. Today. Do whatever it takes to break the addiction. You're like, I'd be too embarrassed to tell anybody. How embarrassed are you going to be when it wrecks your marriage and when everybody finds out what happened? 
There's software that you can put on your computer that will email your browser history to anybody that you name. How'd you like that? Your wife gets your browser history. She gets to see everywhere you went and how long you stayed there. There's an app. There are apps you can put on your phone that will actually send an alert to a person of your choice if you get on something you shouldn't be on. They'll know the instant you get there and they're going to call you. (laughs) What are you doing? Put the phone down. Right? But there's help available, but you have to be willing to get it. You have to be willing to get it. Guard your heart. Guard your eyes. Don't cut yourself any slack. If something comes on the screen that tempts you, get rid of it. If there's pop-up ads that come up on websites and I'm read articles I'm reading, something I'm reading, and it catches my eye more than once, I slide the screen up so I can't see it anymore. And if I can't, you know, some of those little suckers move with you, drives you crazy. I just have to I just close the article. I'm just I'm not doing that. I'm going to have to find out whatever I'm looking for somewhere, some other way. If I'm waiting on Valerie at the mall, I ain't waiting in front of Victoria's Secret. Floor-to-ceiling models in their underwear or less. And none of them's ugly. I don't know if y'all noticed that. A couple of them need a cheeseburger, but none of, them, none of them's ugly. I don't need that in my mind. I don't, I don't, need, I don't want to walk down that, that road. I've heard people say, listen, if I can just get married, all my sexual temptations will be over. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There is never an end to the sexual temptations that are available. And listen to me. If you can't figure out how to stay pure and faithful before you get married, how are you going to stay pure and faithful after you get married? There will always be temptation. And your marriage is going to have so many ups and downs. So many times you're stressed out or worn out or your hormones have changed or you're distracted by any number of reasons and and your sexual or emotional or relational needs are not being met. What are you going to do then? You've got to have a plan. You have to have a plan to fight it. If there is any possible way, don't put yourself in a position where you're the only line of defense to protect your integrity. Just don't trust yourself that much. You need to build some, build some roadblocks. Build some, build some margin around you. I, I share my location with Valerie on my phone. She can see it's called Find Friends. I think it's on every iPhone. I'm sure there's an Android equivalent to that. She can see where I am anytime. And I won't know she's looking. Her thumbprint's on my phone. We know each other's passwords. Billy Graham used to, you know, people say, well, he's just, he's a great man. He never fell to moral failure. He never had a scandal like everybody else. He used to send a member of his staff into, the, into his hotel rooms when he was traveling to, to do two things. One, make sure nobody was in there hiding, trying to, trying to create a scandal. And two, to take the TV out. They, just, they literally <laughs> picked it up and walked out with it. Because you can't be tempted to watch something you can if you don't have a TV in there. You can't be accused of watching something if you don't have a TV in there. Listen, follow His wisdom. Listen to the wisdom this morning. Create circumstances, paths, 
roads that will take you as far away from sexual temptation as you can possibly get. Create barriers, obstacles to prevent you from being tempted and getting on that road in the first place. Every road has a destination. Only a fool travels a road and denies where it's going. Here's the second reason that sexual temptation is is a foolish temptation and we're almost done. It's foolish because you're only hurting yourself. Or not only hurting yourself, but you are hurting yourself. Look at 1 Corinthians, New Testament, chapter 6, verses 16 through 20. And don't you realize that a man joins, if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize your temple, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. Sexual sin is foolish because you're actually harming your own self. Think about it. Most sins affect other people, right? If you lie, you're lying about somebody else. If you steal, you're stealing from somebody else. If you murder, you're killing somebody else. When you sin sexually, you're hurting yourself. How is that? Because sex is a gift from God. He created it. He designed it. He purposed it. And he put it in the context of marriage, a man and a woman fulfilling each other's needs and desires until death separates them. Let me show it to you in the Scriptures in Proverbs chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. Drink water from your own well. You're like, oh, that's very poetic. What's that mean? Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets having sex with just anybody? You're like, oh my goodness, does the Bible say this? Yes. You should reserve it for yourselves and never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? You don't be needing the gift of interpretation for that. Just read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The husband should, should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. The wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband. The husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Don't deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that t- Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Married sex should be fulfilling and enjoyable, focused on each other, not selfish, not demanding. It gets better and more fulfilling the more you share it with each other. But any other use or practice is a violation of the intended, stated, designed purpose. And like everything else that violates the purposes of God, it will bring harm to your life. Again, let me show it to you in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, obey your father's commands. Don't neglect your mother's instructions. And this is what he's talking about in verse 24. It'll keep you from the immoral woman. 
from the smooth tongue of a, of a promiscuous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. Can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So it is with a man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he's starving, but if he's caught, he still has to pay back seven times what he stole, even if he has to sell everything in his house. But the man who commits adultery is just a fool, for he destroys himself. He will, he will be wounded and disgraced, and his shame will never be erased. There is a price to pay for falling to sexual temptation, whether it's two consenting single adults or whether it's between married people. Look, look, at, look at what these few verses just listed. Poverty, loss of life, wounded, disgraced, shamed. Chapter 5, Proverbs 5 says more, it gives more and more examples. How many people are struggling to make ends meet because they're paying alimony or child support because they, they allowed adultery to ruin their marriage? How many people have lost their jobs or their ministries or their standing in the community because they fell to sexual temptation? How many people are, are, have been killed in fights over a cheating spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend? How many people are struggling to have a fulfilling relationship because they still have this emotional connection with a guy or a girl they had sex with months or even years ago? All of these things are part of the price you pay for sex outside the context for which it was created. There's always wages of sin. Something always dies. And when you look at the price for people married to each other, it's even steeper. You ruin, you ruin a family. You're tearing up a family. Maybe two families. I've seen churches torn apart over it because they choose sides and they start fighting about it. Friendships, businesses, partnerships, all kinds of collateral damage because of sexual sins. And it's foolish because you know where it's going. You know there's a price to pay, but for some reason, people continue to fall for it every day. There will be a price to pay, and it will be steep, and it'll be personal. Don't give it a place in your life. Sexual sin harms you. Next week, we're going to finish up this series with a message called Foolproofing Your Life. We're going to kind of flip the concept and instead of focusing on what's foolish we're going to focus on the things that can keep us wise make us wise today i want you to know this sexual temptation is real it's difficult to overcome but we have the power of the holy spirit to help us he leads us and guides us to truth he shows us the traps and the pitfalls so we can we can uh, so we can avoid them he'll give you the strength and the wisdom to turn around if you're already on that path. So he, He'll help you to get on the right path. He'll help you to restore relationships. He'll help you to be honest. Listen, this church is full of broken, of broken, flawed people who trusted God to restore their marriages and to heal their hurts and to deliver them from addictions and to show them how to live. We've got people in this, in this church who have survived adultery in their marriage people who've survived pornography, people who were divorced but God restored their marriage, no matter how far you think you've gone, 
Nobody's beyond his reach. You have to give him the chance to help you today. Listen, would you stand with me? You're like, John, you're going to do an altar call because ain't nobody coming to the altar. No, I am not. But I'm not so ignorant and so naive to believe that there's not somebody here for whom this message was sent. And don't fool yourself either. I'm susceptible. You're susceptible. If you're not on the road now, you could be next week. Stay on your guard. But we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Father, nobody had fun this morning, Lord. Nobody likes talking about this because this gets way too personal. But it doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean we don't need to hear it and be reminded of it. And God, I, I, I know, I know from the confirmations that we've received this weekend this is not my message. This is your message. This is your word to, to multiple people in this church. So God, I just pray that you help us all to be wise. To walk into our businesses and our jobs and walk into every situation with our eyes open. Not paranoid, but not naive either. Help us to be wise as serpents harmless as doves where there's sin in our lives convict us Lord where there are boundaries that we're nudged up against I pray that you'd help us to see them clearly and back away from them where there are marriages that are in trouble because of these issues God I pray that you would restore those marriages, that you would help them to come clean with each other. Help them, God, to encourage each other, to support each other, to lift each other up so that they can have a, a solid, productive, fruitful marriage. Protect the integrity of the men and women, boys and girls in this church. May we not fall in this way. I thank you, Lord, that Paul said to the Corinthians, there's never a temptation that we're allowed to experience that God has not prepared a way of escape. Help us always to know the escape route. Give us strength and peace, courage, God, to be honest with ourselves and to build margin around our lives. Because your kingdom's work is too important for us to ruin it by being selfish and foolish. We love you, Lord. We thank you. I pray your blessing on every one of these people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your patience, your endurance. I appreciate that. God bless you. Have a great week. Get, some by, get somewhere and stay dry today. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. 
You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.